Good to have you on board uh, the Bill Michael Show. We are here on this Wednesday. We've got the huddle coming up tonight. Don't forget, we are going to be in Lacrosse. Coming to Lacrosse Flipside Pub and Grill next Wednesday night. Next Wednesday night, I can't wait for that. So if you're in the Lacrosse area, uh, get a hold of Flipside. Say, hey, can we uh, reserve some tables? Can we hang out? Uh, what kind of specials you're running? They're doing some specials. So uh, we're excited for that. So we're going to be there a week from tonight. We're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill. We are going to be in Lacrosse, Wisconsin, and I am so excited for that. But tonight, we're just back in studio, so we've got the huddle tonight to kind of break down what we witnessed to this point this season, and then we'll start to press forward next week as the Packers get ready to go into Denver and hopefully look better than they did against the Las Vegas Raiders. In the meantime, Matt LaFleur yesterday, a very ears-up, to me, a very ears-up press conference. This was this is kind of one of those low points right now, uh, a game that they should they had no business losing. And I guess they did have business losing it because ultimately they did, but it should have never happened. Um, things just – the defense played well enough to win, and this offense is it, – it's it looks like it's being somewhat handcuffed, and it 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 just it, – it looks bad. And granted, I get it. You know, you can talk about injuries, and, you know, the old adage in football is you can't use injuries as an excuse. You can to a certain extent because you have to. It's It's a reality, but – Anyway, um, Matt LaFleur yesterday at the podium. I want you to take a listen to this. This is what Matt LaFleur had to say yesterday. I think that there are, are certain areas where, yeah, you want to be able to hang your hat on something, right? And have, whether it's go-to players or, and or plays that you can go to in tough times that you know that you got a pretty good chance to have success with. Um, I always look at identity more of your style of play and are you doing all the little things? Are you straining? Are you making the extra blocks? Are you pushing piles? Are you finishing forward on runs? Um, You know, scheme is scheme to me. And as long as you have a marriage between your run game and your pass game and formationally that you have plays that, that at least come off the same looks, that is all part of that identity, and um, I think that's something that we always work hard to do. Um, you know, unfortunately, I think everything kind of gets magnified when you're not having success, and that's that's just the nature of it. And um, certainly, I think we did some good things. I think there's a lot of things that we can do a hell of a lot better, and I think it all starts with the detail. And we had a, a really long team meeting today and kind of laid out everything for our guys, areas where we have plays dialed up against the premier looks that exactly what you want them for, and we're getting the bare minimum, and sometimes not even getting a positive play at all. And then there are other times, and you got to give credit to, to the Raiders, where we've got plays dialed up that are against horrible looks. And you're like, how can you not make how can you take a bad play and not make it worse? So maybe a zero zero yard game is better than, you know, getting sacked or whatever it may be. So, um, but I think a lot of it comes down to just our detail and, you know, where are we putting our eyes? What are we doing? Um, are we using the correct technique? I think a lot of just 
our inability to be successful offensively is we've had negative plays or we have a penalty. Now, we weren't penalized as much yesterday, but we've been in these get-back-on-track situations, and we've had a hard time recovering from that. We have not had success in those you know, second and 10 or 11-plus situations. Um, and then you're stuck in third and long, or we had a second and 17 yesterday where we threw an interception. So um, we just got to do a better job of, of trying to avoid those situations, staying on schedule, even if it's, you know, second and nine. That's a hell of a lot better than second and 10-plus. So I just think there's a lot more out for for this group. And we just have to have that urgency. And it starts with us as coaches and making sure that we're very intentional about what we're asking our guys to do. And then they got to be a part of this process as well and, and make sure they're communicating maybe things that they don't understand quite as well. And or and, and we got to put just whether it's drill work, whether it's teamwork, um, in order for our offense to come together and actually show progress because it's been very, very frustrating, I would say, the last couple of weeks. We've, it's, it's been so um, hit or miss. I thought, you know, th these slow starts, I, I think back to yesterday, I mean, we had the first two drives of the, the game where we had eight play drives and we end up with three points. We have a third and three where we have a busted route and they play cover two and ironically enough, <laughs> that's where the ball should have gone is where the, the route was busted. And, you know, we also have to progress through. And if it's not there, don't force the throw down the field and get to a check down. And maybe you're playing, you know, fourth and one or fourth and two. And, um, but I just think there's, there's been so many things that have come up in some, some critical situations that have, have really set us back. And by no means am I, trying to throw blame at our players. I, I'm as much a fault as anybody. Like I said, not every play caller is going to be perfect. I put our guys in some bad situations. There was a couple yesterday where we run an outside zone. Uh, they got penny, what we call penny personnel on the field where it's nickel defense with five bigs and we're running an outside zone and uh, uh, 98 swims our tackle and gets a TFL. So like, you know, that's on me. But I think collectively, there's a lot that we can improve upon as a group, and hopefully we get that corrected in, in short order in order for us to have success. Kind of weird way of saying it, but is this, is this what Young looks like with inconsistencies like this? I, yeah, I never want to fall back on that because I, I just think that's such an excuse. It is what it is. I mean, we're going to play with the guys we have, and we believe in the guys that we have. And I do think we, we do have a lot of talent, um, I think we were all knew that there was going to be some growing pains along the way, and but I haven't lost faith or belief in the in in the group that we have. I just think that we can do things better, and I think we can coach better, and I think we can execute better. So Matt, I, I get you don't want to use it as an excuse, but you knew what you were signing up for this year, right? I mean, you told us at the end of camp we have to be process based. We can't always focus on the outcome. You don't often hear. Coaches be that honest about what they might be up against with a first-year starter at quarterback and so many young guys on offense. What I'm wondering is, how do you demand of these guys? You're talking about, you know, knowing where your eyes need to be and using correct technique. That's not stuff you got to deal with when guys are veterans. So, how, as a coach, 
are you trying to tweak what you're doing so you can put young guys who aren't experienced in better positions? Yeah, I think, um, you know, just trying to reflect on it from a coaching standpoint, it's great we have this big old call sheet with all these plays to attack certain looks or whatever it may be, and it really doesn't matter if you can't execute it. So I think just from a coaching standpoint, we may have to look at, at just how much are we putting in on these guys because you're right, we do have a, a lot of young guys, and um, although we didn't have a ton of uh, mental mistakes, it's just we did have a, a few in some critical situations. Um, that we can't have, uh, but yeah, I, I just think every week we have to continue to learn, both from successes and obviously from your, from your failures. And um, if we do that and we can avoid making the same mistake twice, I think we have a chance to show progress. Yeah, I mean, and listen, I Luke Luke is a really good player. He's going to be a really good player, and and that just it, it happens. I think we we tagged the concept and we motioned from a one by three to a two by two, so I think there was some confusion there because he was asking Jordan what he had, and Jordan told him the concept, and so it's just again, it's sometimes that happens in football, and so. Hopefully we can be a little bit better and, and be a little bit more clear and, and make sure that our guys can anticipate maybe some of the calls that are coming in some of those those critical third down situations. The thing, the thing, the thing that you said at the beginning, having something to hang your hat on as an offense, do you feel like you're close to finding what that is? And if not, what's the process? Hey, Bill, where are you headed? I got flight football practice. Oh, flight football? All right, good luck, man. <laughs> All right, get after him. Thanks. All right. What's the process of determining, especially going into What do you want that to be for this offense? Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, just looking back and, and talking about yesterday, for example, uh, the thought was to get a little bit more under center and see if we can operate at a higher level. I thought our run game definitely benefited from that. Um, you know, we still have a ways to go, I would say, with just some of our play action. Um, I thought it was good to get Jordan out on the perimeter. We we probably didn't do it enough, if I'm being honest about it. He's he's made some plays with his legs. Um, and you you got to be careful, uh, you know, when you have a, a guy like Max Crosby on the edge, when he's lining up on your right or on your left, did not want to keep back into him at any time because I mean, he jumps around blocks and he can he can make you look silly in a hurry. So we wanted to be very particular about when we were going to call those plays. Um, but just looking back, I think there was probably a few more opportunities there that we could have taken advantage of. And, you know, give credit to, to the Raiders. They did a very good job uh, of disguising. We had a couple cans in where, where, where they definitely held their shell or showed one thing and played another, and they did a good job. Of complexity that we've talked about with you before, or 
having challenging concepts for defenses, how do you balance keeping it simple for them while also game planning for your opponent to make it hard on them? Yeah, that's, that's always the trick, I think. Um, and, you know, you would like to hopefully dress up whatever concepts you, you're guys are used to running and they you feel they feel confident in um and just dress them up in certain di in, in different ways whether it's by motion or formation or whatever it may be personnel um and, and so it's it's simple for us but gives the defense a different look Sure, you could always burn a timeout. Yeah, I, I, I mean, especially in the, you're talking the second half of games. Those timeouts are, are usually pretty valuable. Um, you know, uh, I think just knowing that receiver and when he's at the number two spot, there's a most people have a pretty good idea of what he's going to run. He's going to run what we call a looky route, basically. You can't be right as a defender. If you're outside leverage, he's going to run a slant. And if you're inside leverage, he's going to run an out. And so it is a tough spot to be in. We talked about it. We do have the ability to make some empty checks to avoid those situations. And in that one, we, we, we played the coverage that was called. And it does put our guy in, in a, a predicament, especially it's just it's a, it's a premier wide receiver on uh, P, who I love. And I think he's really good in coverage. But I think we, we that's not an advantage us, obviously. Um, but yeah, I think there's some things that we could have executed a little bit better in, in that situation, just making sure that we stay inside and try to get hands on and, and force the outbreak and rally and tackle. And instead of a 20-yard gain, it's probably going to be an 8- to 10-yard gain. But, um, but I, I also think there's some things we can do from a from a coaching standpoint to better that is better suited for our players to have success. Matt, is, you guys are in base there against like what two tight ends and, uh, Yeah, they're in 21 personnel, we are in base. That's normal, right? You they, play, you play base. Yeah, base. and they they emptied us out and um and they ran yeah. they ran what we call looky. The reason I ask is do teams normally empty out of that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I you you can and um, usually when the wideouts at the number two spot, that's the route you're going to get. With the youth, you said it is what it is. How much have you peeled back or, or simplified your offense to account for the youth of this offense compared to what you've run in the past or maybe maybe a year ago skipping off from a schematics? Well, I, I just think there's probably more – we try to carry over more for, on a week-to-week -week basis instead of just going a whole new direction based on the team we're playing. Um, the more carryover, usually these guys have banked reps at it and you feel that they're a little bit more confident in it. And sometimes that doesn't always work. But, um, you know, I, I think all that stuff gets overblown, quite frankly. I think if, if we're going out there and we're executing some of the plays that we know are there, um, I think this doesn't get talked about. If we're scoring points, nobody's talking about this. And unfortunately, when you score 13 points in a game, it gets talked about, you know. Uh, there, there was, a, there was a lot of opportunities out there, um, particularly in, in the screen game. I mean, we had some premier looks, and we're not getting any yards. 
um, in, in our screen game. And then there were some other ones where they should have been explosive gains and we're getting like six or seven yards. So uh, we had a quarters beater dialed up uh, the deep ball to, to Christian and they're playing a low quarters and they give us the look and we don't connect. So I think there's a lot of things that if if we execute and 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 make the plays, then a lot of this stuff goes away. Matt, what do you want to see from your players when they come back after this extended time off? I just want to see a sense of urgency, um, a competitive spirit, and just really dial in and, and, and truly take it at one day at a time and focus on what lies ahead and. That is improvement. So, and I think that always starts again with us as coaches, making sure that we we have that same sense of urgency as well. There you go. That's uh, Matt Lafleur. We'll pick up where that leaves off. But I, there is a lot there, and I know I'm watching some of the the commentary over on the live stream, and some of the people that have emailed me that have said, "Ah, same old speak, same old speak." No, you got to listen, and I because there's a lot to break down. And I think there's some honesty, there's some protection that's there. And this is Matt LaFleur saying a lot without saying a lot. And I, I'll tell you what I mean by that when we come back. But stay stick around because I want you to I want you to hear the rest of this. We're not gonna we're not gonna completely bail on this. I want you to hear the rest of it. But I there, there's there's some stuff there um that you need to pay attention to. And we'll talk about it when we come back. I promise you. Stay. It's You're going to want to take a listen to this. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends over there at Quick Trip. And I uh, went to Quick Trip last night. You know why? Needed orange juice. Their Nature's Touch orange juice is fantastic. And it's, for a half gallon, it's so cheap. I mean, you can buy, you know, normally I buy Simply or um, Florida's Best or whatever it is. But I, I discovered that the, the orange juice over there at uh, Quick Trip is fantastic. Use it all the time. And I stopped in, also uh, got a cheeseburger because I was on the, on the run last night. So good stuff from Quick Trip. And they have a lot of different specials right now. They have the chicken that's on special. They also have the uh, the loaf of bread, 99 cents, limit four. So there's a lot of different things over at Quick Trip right now, plus getting registered to win the brand-new pickup truck from Chevrolet. A lot of things to go there for. Stay tuned. we got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, Coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Serve restrictions supplies. Showroom for details. Offers at 
Got to love our buddy at Dwayne's, D-O-A-N-E-S. Dwayne's cover it all up in Wausau, and he is absolutely positively the best. Whether it's boat covers, awnings for out in front of your business, if you've got some gym equipment that you need to be, uh, you need to have recovered, office front, whatever it happens to be, he can do it and do it better than anybody. I mean, I, I trust him with my boat. I've had different things done. There's been companies that have sent all of their office furniture because they're trying to conserve money so they send all the office furniture and office chairs and such uh, to be refaced recovered fixed all that kind of stuff he can do it and uh, it's he's it, just absolutely awesome up in uh, wasa 715-870-2119 715-870-2119 that is duanes d-u-a-n-e-s duanes cover it all up in wasa now we got a couple of minutes left i want to i want to we got dan casper coming up at the bottom of the hour but i want you to listen to the remainder uh of this with matt lafleur because I think I want to go over all of this with you after we talk to Dan. So stay tuned. But uh, take a listen to what Matt LaFleur had to say, picking up where we left off. Well, I think as long as you're learning from it and, again, not making the same same mistake twice, I think I'll, there's a lot of um, good that can come out of adversity if you stay, you know, tough-minded and persistent and you don't let it bring you down. Um and that's what I told our guys. I was like, nobody's feeling sorry for us. And if we feel sorry for ourselves, we will regress. But as long as we take that approach, like, hey, we're going to roll up our sleeves and get back to work, then you got a chance to, to show some progress. And that's what I want to see. I want to see that fight from our team, and I, I believe that we will. So do you think you regressed yesterday? Well, I think any you don't get – I don't, I don't want to use the word regressed um, – but certainly the result wasn't what we wanted. And I thought there was plenty of opportunities there. I thought, like I said last night, I thought our defense played well enough to give us an opportunity to win. Uh, when you look back at it, we basically gave up 14 points defensively. We spotted them three from an offensive standpoint with that turnover. I thought it was a great display of sudden change defense, forcing the, the three and out and the field goal. Um, you know. We, we got the one turnover that set up a touchdown. That was a good example coming out the second half of, of showing really good complimentary football, uh, which we haven't always shown that consistently. Um, and even yesterday didn't do it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't want to use the word regress because I do think that there were some good things. It's just um, we just got to make sure we, that we learn from, from our mistakes. I just uh, yeah I, I think that um, you know I don't I think there's definitely some plays that we'd all like to have back um, there just like there's some calls I'd like to have back as well um, and quite frankly it's it all the all the spotlights going to be placed or the majority of the spotlights going to be placed on the quarterback and that's not always the case um, you know we have an opportunity in the two minute drive and we have back-to-back drop balls. I mean, it is what it is. Like, we get, we got to make those plays to help us, to help put us in better position. And maybe that last play doesn't happen. Um, 
you know, we got beat up front on the last play that forced a scramble drill. Because if you if you go back and watch the tape, I mean, Christian was behind the corner. So uh, there, it, it just it gets magnified. It's it always comes down to the quarterback. That's what you guys like to write about, um, but it's the truth um, or the coaching. But um, but it, it truly is. That's what that, that's what's so great about the sport is it truly takes all eleven. And I know you guys want to bust my chops saying that's coach speak and whatever, but I truly believe that. And I think you you see it on the tape every week when you have great plays. It's everybody doing their job. And when you have bad plays, it's it could be just one person not doing their job, and that's just the way it goes. Not having Aaron Jones really full go any of the last four games, it's, it's easy on the outside to say, well, he's a dynamic playmaker. The offense gets him back, things are rolling. We saw what, what happened in week one, obviously. How much of that is true? How much is it just you're missing a dynamic guy, the playmaker, and, and how much of it goes beyond that with, with the struggles right now? Yeah, I just... Like, I, I never liked that narrative, to be honest with you. Um, he is a great player. There's no doubt about it. And he's an explosive playmaker. I mean, you saw what he did week one with the choice route and then the screen that we ran, um, just getting big explosion plays. And he does tilt the, the field in your favor. However, there's still uh, an expectation that you got to go out there and perform no matter who's out there. So I never want that to be the narrative. You got to work around that. That's football. There's a lot of other teams in this league that are dealing with similar situations and, and you got to find a way. And so that's, that's all of us. It's, it's our ability to put together a, a competent game plan. And then it's our, you know, it comes down to the guys being able to go out there and execute it. So, um, you know, you, you always got to work around it. And I never want that to be the narrative or the excuse, because it, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Two more, please. Matt, going back to the bye for a second, is, is there any different change in approach on the early side of it as opposed to the last two years where you guys had the latest one? Um, in terms of just coaching perspective or just how you played it? No, I, I, I think, uh, you know, you just kind of, this will give us a good opportunity, first of all, to allow some of our guys hopefully to heal up and be ready to go next week. But um, as far as the approach is, you know, we've got five games that we can really kind of look back at. Uh, I'm going to study some things around the league and see if there's something that we can steal <laughs> to, to try to find a, a way to generate, specifically on the offense side of the ball, just uh, generate some... some um, momentum for our offense, but I think we just got to look back and, and take um, a good hard look at maybe how opponents are seeing us and what teams are doing to us from a defensive perspective that has given us some problems. And maybe we can get in front of some of these things so, so they don't reoccur. So there you go. That is uh, Matt LaFleur talking to the media from yesterday and uh, good stuff. I, I'm, I'm glad that uh, a lot of the questions, if you will, were answered, and uh, there is answers, believe it or not. And I want to get all into that uh, here in just a little bit. Uh, stay tuned. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Lux Golf Base. Go to luxgolfbase.com down in Franklin, Wisconsin. You can keep your game on, your swing on, 
all year round in the heated bays. So go to LuxGolfBays.com, whether it's yourself, just to keep your swing together, or maybe you want to go as a group, a uh, good Friday, Saturday night out, whatever it happens to be, check out our friends at Lux, L-U-X-E, LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com. More of the Bill Michael Show. Dan Casper, W-A-Y-Y, up in Eau Claire, next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you back. The Bill Michael Show. We uh, continue on. We'll get into what Matt LaFleur had to say because I think there's a lot of interesting stuff there that you, you know, I saw a lot of reaction about, you know, the monotone and, and going to sleep and all that stuff, but you got to listen to what was said. And I, I want to get into all of that coming up here in just a few. Uh, in the meantime, from WAYY 105.1 up there in Eau Claire, one of our fine affiliates, Dan Casper, now joining us on the hotline. Dan, how you doing? Doing well, Bill. How are you doing? I'm doing great. So let give me your assessment of uh, of the Green Bay Packers through the first four or five games of the season. Oh, where to begin, man? Um, very up and down and, and wavy. Uh, you know, looking at that Chicago, and I'm guilty of this, too, after week one. Uh, I think a lot of people were guilty of it, too, that got, you know, drank a little bit of the Kool-Aid, maybe, seeing, you know, how the offense performed against Chicago and, uh you know, we weren't quite sure if Chicago was any good at that point or not, and I think after these last few games, it's uh, kind of answered that question for us. But uh, it looks like a young team on offense that's still trying to find their identity. Uh, you heard Matt Lafleur a couple days ago. Was it yesterday at his press conference? I mean, kind of. I, I got the impression sometimes, you know, for, from some of his comments that maybe he's still trying to figure out what is what is their base, what is their identity, what are they what are they trying to establish right now. You know, that game against the Raiders, it reminded me, no offense, but it reminded me of my old high school football games back then where it was like running power 34 uh, mm-hmm. the whole time. It just seemed very vanilla, uh, non-creative. Um, I don't know if you had a chance to see Kurt Benkert's tweet the other day yep. where, you yep. know, he even called it an outdated offense too. So it, it's frustrating. Uh, it's, it's kind of irritating. But at the same time, uh, you know, it is a, a younger team. It's a young offense that's still trying to grow. And I just hope that these young guys grow together. They, you know, use these adverse adverse times to, to grow together. And hopefully, eventually, it all work out at the end. So, I, you know, I still am kind of uh, open-minded. I know which way that I'm leaning. I was very honest about that in the first hour of the program. And, you know, we know that, uh, you know, Mark Murphy said, well, you know, seven, eight games, they'll kind of know what they have. Me, I think I know a little bit sooner than that. But mm-hmm. at what point do you look at this and you go, okay, I, I pretty much know what's what it is they actually have? I, you know, I'm around probably just a couple more games here too. The The thing is, is like, I don't know if it's if it's Jordan Love. I think he's got the tools. I think he's got the raw tools with this thing. I just I'm really perplexed, Bill, and I don't know your thoughts on this, but I'm really perplexed on the the game planning and, and the and the play calling right now. And I know it's not a fair comparison by any means because they're so much better talent wise. But you know, I look at Matt Lafleur. 
coming from that Shanahan system, and I see what the 49ers are doing. I see what Mike McDaniel is doing with the Dolphins. And, again, I know that's not a fair comparison because of talent talent standpoints. But it's, And then I see what, what LeFleur, the game plans and, and the calls that, that's going on there, and I'm like, I'm jealous. You know, I, I want to see that, you know, from Green Bay too. And I, and I feel like we're, we're not getting to that to that level where we haven't seen anything. I just wanted to get to a point, like, I remember in 2008, I was at that first game with Aaron Rodgers going against Minnesota. I was at that last game where they beat Detroit and they were winless. And I remember Aaron talking about that moment as one of his most memorable moments where when he ran off the field, he got a standing ovation. And that kind of stood to him. You know, they were 6-10 and 10 that year. And he said that was kind of a moment where I felt like I was finally accepted. And I feel like that's that was a moment, too, where the fans – kind of realize, okay, this is going to be our dude. This this is going to be our quarterback for the foreseeable future. I want I want to see that. I want to have that feeling with Jordan Love. And I think it's going to take a little bit yet, and I think there's so many other factors involved in that too because he's got young playmakers. He doesn't have a whole lot of veteran help. And I just think it, it might take a little bit longer than, than maybe normal in, in any other circumstances. Didn't we think we had that at the end of the New Orleans game? Yeah, I definitely think we had that, um, you know, in that fourth quarter, that epic fourth quarter. I mean, I was so pumped up after that game, you know, and and at, not just because of the win, but I thought, okay, that comeback from that fourth quarter for those guys, for that young team, that's something they can grow from, that's something they can use further down the line. That's a game that they can come back to and, and build upon that. And then to follow that up with whatever that was in Detroit in the first half, and then, you know, Vegas with with an old school offensive game plan. It's that's it's perplexing to me, and it's frustrating to me to see this this up and down, you know, this, this up and down play so far. But I don't I don't know if I'm just trying to be the ever optimistic person, but I'm trying to keep telling myself it is a young team. And I know a lot of fans don't like to hear that. It's a young team. There's going to be some growing pains. It's frustrating. It's irritating a lot, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me trying to stay positive throughout this whole thing because we still got 12 more games to go with this. Um, okay, let's let's look at the the defensive side of the football because that's what receives a ton of scrutiny when it comes to Joe Barry. And you just heard Matt LaFleur yesterday say the defense gave up only 14 points. We put him in a bad position. The offense gave up three. And prior to that, they got smoked by by uh, you know the uh, the Detroit Lions. We understand that. But prior to that, they held up pretty good against New Orleans. Held up decent mm-hmm. against Atlanta. They held up decent against Chicago. Are we looking? Are we way too scrutinizing on every drive, on every missed tackle, on every play downfield that Joe Barry sucks because everybody just wanted to see Joe Barry gone? Or do you think that all this scrutiny is is legitimate because this defense is not top ten? With so much, as we've been told, talent on that side of the ball, I think there's a there's a couple of factors. And one, it's the, it's the low hanging fruit. There, it feels like it's a tradition, unlike any other, for a Packers defensive coordinator for fans to kind of target there a little bit. But also, we also knew heading into this season that if the Packers were going to make a run, and Mark Murphy even mentioned this too, I believe that hey, the defense is going to have to you know kind of lead us at least the first few weeks of the season. So you're already putting that pressure on it. But then also Joe Barry was the guy that was in competition with everybody's favorite defensive coordinator, coordinator, Jimmy Leonard. Jimmy Leonard backing out of that. So that already kind of put a spotlight on Joe Barry. And plus, you know, his resume with being that Lions defensive coordinator in that 2008 season, 
it's an easy target there, and especially after that Raiders game. I mean, everybody's probably got a meme or a thought on the Preston Smith covering Devontae Adams' play, so that gets overshadowed with everything over there too. But, you know, when you factor all that in and you kind of look at how the games have played out, has it been a bad defense overall? No, I don't think it's been a bad defense. There's been definitely miscues. I think the frustration part with the defense, though, is, you know, at times when, you know, that run defense in Detroit was just, they could do whatever they want running the football, it seemed like. And we keep hearing, we're going to get better. We're going to get better. We're going to fix it. And I think that's where fans are kind of getting a little irritated. It's like, enough talk. We're done with the talk. We just want to see it from a consistent basis. We want to see this defense be consistent, be a dominant top five, top ten defense week in and week out. And I think that's the frustration that they're not seeing it on a consistent basis. I Now, you tell me what you think on the statement I'm about to make. I'm going to look at this Denver game that's upcoming. We've obviously got a few more games that you want to pay attention to. And then by the time we're sitting down to our feast on Thanksgiving, after whatever we witness happens over at Ford Field, I think at that point, it's my, my assumption is it's pretty easy at that point to make a kind of an assertion as to, one, where the season's going to go, two, what the quarterbacking play is going to look like, and three, whether or not this team is starting to spiral in one direction or the other. Would you agree by that point we should know? I'll buy all three of those points for sure. Uh, I definitely would. I mean, Denver coming up here, the 32nd scoring defense in the league. I mean, for, for an offense that's struggling and a quarterback that could maybe use a little confidence coming off this game, you, you can't ask for a better you know, red, uh, better better game to prepare for. You know, Minnesota, I, I obviously know Justin Jefferson's not playing as defensively. But, I, I, yeah, I would, I would 100% buy all three of those points. I, I would agree with you. I just want to see something, you know, that, that gives us that confidence, some mojo here. But you're right, too, on that, that spiral, spiraling out of control thing. I mean, then you got Kansas City right after that, you know, coming into town with, with Patrick right. Mahomes and maybe Taylor Swift. Who knows? But, uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, it, that's, I, I would agree with you I, I, on all three points. I, I think that that Thanksgiving Day game is, is going to tell us a lot about, you know, the rest of the season and, and perhaps the future of, of some players and coaches on this team. Um, real quick before I let you go, so do you think, because I, I, at this point I don't think there's any, you know, I don't think, uh, you know, the locker room's being lost or anything like that, but going back, because a lot of people criticized what Jair Alexander had to say on Monday night after the ball game. It was, it was mm-hmm. everywhere. I get it. He's 100% correct. He's like, look, they need some time to figure it out. I get it. I don't think he was trying to be uh, facetious or backhanded in any way. I think he was just simply saying, look, we got to do a lot right now defensively. we got to live up to all the hype because we have to help out our offense even more until they get it together, right? Yeah, I, I would agree with you. And, and, you know, I'm you know in that same breath where you said, you know, we, we can't allow touchdowns in, or anything like that. So, no, I, I agree with you. And it kind of goes back to I think everybody, or at least a lot of people thought, Hey, for for this team, if if there's still playoff aspirations for this team, it's got to be led by the defense at least in you know the first half of the season, the first few weeks of the season. You you look across the board, there's dudes, you know, there's 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 players, there's a lot invested in that defense, and and the defense knows it. Uh, I think they know it. They know they got a lead. It's a different era. You can't rely on you know twelve to to kind of make up for some of your mistakes. It's a thin line there. The margin of error is definitely thinner and smaller because you don't have that quarterback right now that can make up for those mistakes that Aaron did for how many years? I, yeah. I don't. I didn't have a problem with, with what Jair uh, said a, after the game. And I just think maybe uh, everybody's a little uh, 
little emotional. And, uh, you know, Aaron yesterday, maybe on, on Pat McAfee's show, telling Packers Nation the little R-E-L-A-X, too, uh, throwing that back there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Uh, I, I had no problem with Jair's comments. Dan, good stuff as always. Hey, uh, if you got a spot that needs a huddle in Eau Claire, let us know, man. Uh, we're starting to book up. So if you guys got uh, some place you want us to go, and you'd be happy to come over and join me for a, for a huddle. We'd love to do it on a Wednesday night. Just let us know, okay? All right. Sounds good, Bill. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. Dan Casper, the, uh, as uh, some of our uh, streamers say, the legend in Eau Claire. Legend in Eau Claire. Right there on the line with us. Good stuff from Dan Casper. Certainly appreciate it. When we come back, I want to get into some of the things that Matt LaFleur had to say. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up, and it's coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers on 1031-2023. Good to have you. Hey, coming up the end of the month, the last Saturday of October is Stenny's Halloween costume party. And we're going to be there. They always have a, a, a big uh, costume contest. And I, I don't know how long I've been judging this thing, uh, but I always bring some friends. We always have a great time. It is a blast, uh, and whether you love to get out and dress up or whether you just like the people watch, it is uh, so much fun. And uh, Stenny's has their party. I think it starts at like 9 o'clock uh, at night, but uh, the costume contest, I think, gets underway about 10. Uh, so we get down to about 7. We have a few beverages. We just It's just great people watching, but we're going to be there, and uh, that's coming up uh, at the end of the month. So if you're looking for something to do and a good place to go, it is going to be on the 28th. The 28th, October 28th, Stenny's Halloween Costume Contest. And every year, because this was, what was it, last year? I think it was last year. They had a girl that dressed up as the, as, what? what's the, hey, Grant, what is the the movie where the girl was in the TV? And just the creepy eyes and, oh, oh the ring? Yeah, the ring. That's it. Yep, the ring? The, there's a girl that came as the ring. I mean, right, she she took an old TV, gutted it, cut a hole in it for her to fit through. So I don't know what she did to spray paint the inside. Had a battery pack on it with a working VCR. with Because the red light was in and everything was on with the VCR. A working VCR underneath in an old-style cabinet. And this glow stuff on the inside. I mean, 
It scared. I, I'm not kidding. It's it. She came up next to me and just sat down and just to keep looking at her, freaked the hell out of me. It was an amazing costume. And she won, hands down. I mean, the minute she walked through the door, everybody went, oh, my God, what an incredible costume. But it, it, it's it's one of the best costume parties ever. So if you're looking for something to do, uh, the 28th uh, down at the Do you want to be a judge, by the way? Do, do you, you need judges? judges? I'll be, I'll be I, smart, fair, firm. I can do those things. If, if you'll do it, we'll promote it. I think I'm in, Bill. I would love to judge a costume oh, yeah? contest. Okay. Well, then uh, myself and Grant Bill's. Rachel, Kristen, and we got a couple other people that join us. Uh, we will all be judges coming up uh, on the 28th down at Stenny's uh, for the Halloween costume party. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I did not dress up last year. I did dress up a couple of years prior to that. We did some steampunk stuff. This year, I don't know what I'm going to be. Kristen wants to dress up. I'm not quite sure what we're going to do. But we'll be something. That's for sure. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Now I'm even more looking forward to it. Grant Pills is going to hang with us. This is cool. So Stenny, second to National Walker's Point, whether it's going to see a game or for the uh, Halloween costume contest. We're excited about it. Good stuff. Hey, coming up here after the top of the hour, we're going to talk with Mark Schofield uh, of SB Nation. He's going to be joining us and uh, hanging out with us for just a little bit. Um, the get Right? Michael says, I remember seeing the pic of, picture of that last year. That was an amazing costume. Right? Scared the hell out of me. I had a video of this girl. And I, I got to dig it up. I got to dig it up and see if I can't can't post it somewhere. Oh, my. Because I'm right now I'm in Facebook jail for another 30 hours. Uh, but, yeah, freak the hell out of me. We're going to talk with Mark Schofield. And I promise you, I want to get into what Matt LaFleur had to say. We got to talk about it. Got to talk about it. Stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's all coming up right after this.